grace and mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. The text for today comes from Luke chapter 3. And John went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight and the rough places shall become level ways and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the text. Dear friends in Christ, every year it happens in my household that dreaded command that comes from my wife Andrea, time to get the Christmas tree out. Now I am no Grinch But Andrea is in the festive mood for Christmas in the middle of November. And when Andrea prepares the house for Christmas, it is like some great Christmas elf vomited trees and tinsel and trinkets all over our house. When Andrea is done, Hallmark has nothing on our house. If our house was a house in Whoville, we would be made to dance with Jing Tinglers tied to our heels We would have to blow our flu-flubers and bang our ta-tinkers, but I digress. Every year the question comes, as preparation comes to the fore for those who celebrate Christmas. How do families prepare? The most obvious is buying gifts as we head to the malls or simply now shop online for the things that we think our family and our friends want. We deck our halls with boughs of holly and we put up the tree and we get out our advent calendar, which in my day was a cardboard box, a simple depiction of a poorly drawn biblical scene. But now you have beer calendars for advent and wine calendars for advent that perhaps hasten the day and if not, maybe make it more bearable. Christmas family photos are taken and Christmas cards are given out. Some people write letters to be delivered to the masses to update loved ones on the antics of the family for the past year. Christmas Day menus are planned, names for gifts exchanges are pulled from a hat, and Christmas spirits are purchased from the local liquor store. I myself bought a bottle of bourbon to bring in the birth of the babe at Bethlehem. But reading the text for today, I am reminded that Advent is a penitential season. That before the celebration of the birth of the Christ child, before we break out the Christmas tree, we are tied to a tree in death. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Like Adam, we are sinners, also not worthy of paradise, not worthy to sit at the cradle side of the incarnate Son of God. As the psalmist says today in the introit, which we read together, I am the Lord your God. Open your mouth and I will fill it. And God has. He has given us every good thing reflected in the richness of the gifts under the tree and the roofs over our heads. And yet, as the psalmist says of Israel and us, but my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. God laments the sinful will and ways of his people saying, oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. For all of our Christmas preparation that we carry out with great gusto, what Advent preparations have we indulged in? 
Have we rent our clothes? Have we put on sackcloth? Have we put ashes on our heads saying, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, for I have not delighted in your will nor walked in your ways? Or do we carry on as if we are not dying from our sin, preferring spirits over the Holy Spirit or Christmas revelries over Advent repentance? I have always thought that this text about John the Baptist was a bit out of place for the season of Advent, except that it begs the question of what are you doing to prepare for the coming of the Christ? What are you doing to prepare for his coming in the flesh at Christmas? What did you do to prepare for him to become your Lord and Savior when he hung for you on the tree for your sins? What are you doing to prepare for when he comes again in glory that you may be pure and blameless as you stand before him on judgment day? As Malachi warns, but who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? In the text from Luke for today, we see the crowds heading out to the Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist. And he says, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. In this same account from Matthew, John addresses just the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But here, in the account from Luke, it is the whole crowd. We are more comfortable when Jesus addresses just the Pharisees and Sadducees because we rarely associate ourselves with them. But with the crowds, John has the same words for all, us included, the same moniker and the same question. You brood of vipers, who warned you? Who told you that God was coming in wrath and power, in glory and judgment? And when he does... What preparations have you made to make it into the kingdom? John answers his own question about preparation. He says, bear fruits in keeping with repentance. John's preaching and baptism are all preparatory. Repent and do something different than be a sinner. Do something different than you were doing, he says. John says to the crowd, be generous. John says to the tax collectors, don't be greedy. John says to the soldiers, be content with your wages. John is saying to them and to us, submit to the law, love your neighbor as yourself. John does exactly what the Lord calls him to do as the world prepares to receive the Christ. He proclaims a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And John, John's proclamation terrifies me. And why? Well, if your heart sank as you thought about your own preparation to receive the Christ as child in the manger, as Savior on the cross, as Lord of all, risen from the grave and seated at the right hand of the Father, waiting to come again to judge the living and the dead, then you know as I do that John's preaching of submission to the law, the warning to flee from the wrath to come, has done little to make us generous, has not made us less greedy, or caused us to be content, to follow the Lord in thought and word and deed. So now what? The text in Luke is normally cut off at the point of John telling the soldiers to be content with their wages, which is an excellent place to stop in the penitential season of Advent, for it afflicts us, we who are comfortable in our sin. But it offers no comfort to us who are afflicted by our sin. Luke continues, 
as the people were in expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but one is mightier than I who is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John doesn't get the last word. Not with the Pharisees, not with the Sadducees, not with the crowds, and not with us. He is not the Christ. He prepares the way for the one whose sandals he is not worthy to stoop down and untie. John baptizes with water, but one who is coming will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John points that big bony finger past the tree of knowledge of good and evil to the one who came to hang on the tree for your sake. John says, when he comes, don't look at me. He says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus came at just the right time while we were powerless to do all that was necessary to prepare us for death in this life, to be transported to life in the next. Jesus took on flesh, not to give us a new law, but to fulfill the law in our place, to take the wrath of God on against sin in our place by taking our sin into his flesh in our place and dying the death that we deserved in our place. When Jesus came, John said, look past the tablets of the law to the Lamb of God sacrificed on the tree for the sins of the world, your sins and mine. What preparations are enough for us in Advent or to echo the questions of the crowds, tax collectors, and soldiers in the text? What shall we do? The answer is nothing. Christ has done it all. Jesus has taken on flesh so that he might take on sin and death and the devil single-handedly beating them on the cross and rising from the grave, claiming and giving us victory over these unto life everlasting. Malachi asks, who will stand in the day of judgment, in the coming wrath? Not those who think they have prepared themselves, but only those whom the Lord has prepared. And how has he prepared you? He has baptized you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. In those waters of baptism, you were not placed under the law, but under Christ. As Paul says, do you not know that you who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. The waters of your baptism prepares you for the wrath to come. The fires of God's wrath all extinguished for the sake of his son. Dear friends, rejoice. Rejoice for all is prepared in Christ. Get out your jing tinglers and your flu flubers and raise a chalice and chug some Christmas cheer to the Christ child who chose to crush sin, death, and Satan for the sake of his children chosen in baptism. In those waters you are prepared for you receive the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Your eternal life with Christ. Amen. And now, let us pray. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. In and through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. 
At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.